Yo, it's the Average White Fan Podcast. I am your Average White Fan, Scott Elmore. Thanks for joining me. Season starts tonight. I'm recording this Tuesday afternoon. Rosters came in yesterday. I had a whole pod set up, ready to release it over the weekend, letting you know who should do what and why. And then I checked my bank account. There was not a single direct deposit from any NBA team. My wife went out to check the mail. There were no checks. So I decided, why am I going to give that away for free, give these GMs all the intel they needed? Most of them might say, you know, this dude's just a a blowhard. He's just an average white fan out there running his mouth. But the truth is, they were going to listen. And if I'm not getting paid, they're not going to get the game. So... I waited for the moves to drop yesterday. I waited to see what everybody was doing. And honestly, all these moves, I started reading the transactions and looking at rosters, and I got emotional. I got in my feelings. I couldn't help it. The game means a lot to me. So I started looking, and I got a lot of confidence initially. Then I had a little confusion. Then I was able to move on and had hope at the end. So I want to start with the teams that gave me confidence. I want to start with the rosters that really made me feel like, yeah, they get it. They understand what they're doing, right? They're building a team. They're filling all the roles, you know, because that's what we're about here at the Average White Fan. Team play. What's your team going to do? So I'm going to start with the Suns, right? This is a team that I was not digging last season. I'm not a fan of Kevin Durant. The flip-flopping around, the burner accounts, just his whole vibe about all he cares about is ball. I don't buy it. But the Suns are actually putting together a squad. I am I am very interested in what they did in the offseason, what they did in the preseason with some of the guys they played. You know, they did this trade where they got rid of Aiton, and then they were able to bring in – Bradley Beal, and some other guys. I, I like how they're filling in the slots, right? They brought in Eric Gordon. He's an old guy. I'm not really sure I was down for that. You know, you you swapped out CP3 for another old guy, but but fine. you still got Devin Booker. You've got Kevin Durant. You've got Grayson Allen that came in in that Aiton deal with Portland. I'm big on him, not just because he's a Duke guy, but he takes it to the rack, and – Honestly, Gordon can't do it anymore. Durant doesn't really do it. You know, and you don't want Booker in there getting banged up. But Allen will take it to you, right? He will go to the rim. That's part of the reason that he helped Duke win the national title all those years ago. They cut Keon Johnson. Not my favorite move, especially having gotten rid of their their main point guard from last season. But they got Bow Bow. I don't know why the Magic got rid of him. But the truth is, that was a good get for them. All right? He's versatile. He's super tall. He's like Durant, part two. He can come in and spell and play multiple positions. They also brought in the Sear Little. They got Bates Diop. Both of these guys play D. You don't get stars to play D, but these guys will, right? You got Okogi. He's willing to play D. I think they are doing some cool stuff in Phoenix, Right, I think their owner's a bit of a boostag, that whole thing with Joker in the playoffs, but they're making moves, they're doing things that seem to be the right way, so I will begrudgingly feel confident for this team. The Lakers, I don't have to begrudgingly feel anything. I grew up a Lakers fan. I grew up loving the Magic Show. 
the lake show, the whole vibe they had out there. I was Mr. L.A., and I'm all for what they're doing now. They're giving me a throwback of trying to assemble parts around really good players, and I think that's interesting, right? They were able to draft Jalen hood Shafino, which actually could play into who I thought they should have gotten rid of. I thought they should have tried to trade or cut Max Christie. I'm not sold on him. He makes bad, bad shot decisions. But you bring in the Rook. Let's see how he does. He, he had a decent preseason. Maybe midway through the season, we move Max because we think the rookie is ready to roll, right? You brought in Gabe Vincent, huge signing in the offseason. And then their in-season moves last year, right? They brought him Rui, and they re-signed AD. They gave Austin Reeves a contract. They brought in Torian Prince. They extended Vanderbilt. I'm loving what they're doing with these guys. The biggest offseason move, though? Christian Wood. I watched this guy in the preseason. He looks like a completely different player from the guy that was in Dallas, right? He's mean. He's got a, the size to him that you want. Dallas wants all their, all their guys out at the three-point line. No, they want him inside. He played alongside AD during the preseason. I, I'm loving that. And I'm scared as hell. Think about it. If you're playing against the Lakers and you've got LeBron and AD and Christian Wood up by the basket, what are you going to do? All those guys can move. So I think all these were great moves. I'm not sure why they're holding on to Cam Reddish. He's my Duke guy, but he's never panned out, even at Duke he didn't. But, you know, maybe they'll move him midseason. There seems to always be a market for Cam Reddish. I don't know. The guy, the guy just seems to always pop up and get a deal. One of the really good agents in, in the league, I'm guessing. But the Lakers give me confidence just like the Suns. I, I, I cannot have more confidence in the Western Conference continuing to win titles, mainly because of these guys. Now, I had a little bit of a letdown with some teams as well. I got confused. I'm not sure what you're doing. You know, what uh, head scratchers, that thing that puppies do when they turn their head to the side trying to figure things out. That's, that's how I looked at these rosters. I'm going to start with the Sixers. They've been a bit of a mystery for years, but especially coming into this season. You got to trade James Harden. They haven't done it yet. Daryl Morey, he just will not pull the trigger on this. I'm thinking it's got to be pride. That's the only reason I can think you would hold on to a guy like this who has said, trade me. I don't trust you. I don't want to be here. All right. The young guys say, tell me, you don't want to be here without saying you don't want to be here. He said, I don't want to be here. So Maury's got to get past his ego and make this more about the organization and the team. But I'm just an average white fan. I'm, I'm not Daryl Morey. I don't know statistics in and out. But neither one of us has won an NBA championship. So actually, Daryl, me and you, were kind of on the same wavelength here. Now, the rest of the team has got some issues too. They got Mo Bama still. I, I'm not sure why they wanted him to back up Embiid because Embiid is kind of a lumbering, tall guy who needs the ball. Mo Bamba's kind of a lumbering, tall guy who maybe thinks he can shoot threes, but we're not sure what he can do. Look, L.A. and Orlando already moved on from him. I think we need to kind of get our ego out of our way with this one as well. Don't think you're the one that can change him. 
Okay, let's move on from Mo. You've already got Paul Reed, who has proven to be in a very adequate backup. And you've got P.J. Tucker, the tallest 6'5 man in the league. All right, big men don't want to go up against this guy. They waved a bunch of guards. They got rid of Montrez Harrell. He had offseason surgery on his ACL. I agree, maybe you don't know what he is, but, you know, a good coach and a good staff can actually figure out how to utilize someone. They kept Terquavion Smith and Javante Smart on two ways. Fine, they're good for backups, but you did nothing to bring in any other shooting. You've done nothing to try to bolster your team as far as scoring for a forward. Tobias Harris is good, but he's not a spring chicken anymore. So I'm not sure what they're doing, what their expectations are. The Sixers keep talking about a championship. I don't even know if they win their division this year. That's just real talk. It's going to be more the same from Embiid. And I think this is really Maxie's team, but they're not assembling the guys to really make that happen. The Bucks are another team that I know everyone is penciling them in. Some people are writing it in ink that they're going to be the champions this year. All right, you got Dame, Middleton's back. Oh, it's going to be awesome, right? I don't know. I'm getting vibes like this is the new addition comeback, right? We all saw the videos of Bobby up there dancing. Nobody thought that looked okay. Why they let that man go up there and dance in front of everybody? He ain't built for that anymore. And I don't think Chris Middleton and Dame are built for this anymore. I think the Lopez brothers at 35 are going to break down before the season's over. All right, Jay Crowder's 33. Pat Connaughton is 30. This is, these are the AARP dudes, right? I, I don't, in the NBA, if you've got a bunch of 32 to 36-year-old guys, that is old, all right? LeBron is the outlier, and he's the only one that old on his team. So, at point guard, for your backup for Dame, who you think is going to be a point guard, Ty Ty Washington and campaign. I'm going to let that sink in. I'm, I'm going to give everyone a moment to marinate on that. They got rid of Drew Holiday, who was a 6'4 guard, for Dame, who's 6'2 and brittle. I don't know what the plan is here. I'm not sure if they think, okay, we're just going to go all in right now. Giannis signed an extension. I'm not sure that was the best advice, but cool. I don't know what their plan is. The best thing they did was hold on to Marcus Bolden, got him on a two-way. You're going to need some some size in there because Giannis can't play center all the time and all these other guys are getting old. I think moving Jay Crowder would be a good move. You could probably get someone midseason. But right now they're not doing anything I say. They are looking at me, looking at me like I am just another average white fan. All right, I'm, I'm going to pep myself up now. I'm going to turn myself into poly positive because – I want to end this on hope, right? I was told about the sandwich method where I need to start with something good, go to something not so good, and end on a bright note. The hope teams are just that. They're giving me hope. I'm worried. I'm, I'm getting into that get-off-my-lawn stage of, of my life and turn all that music down. I don't understand what you're saying. Pull your pants up. They're too skinny. But these guys give me hope because they play the game right and their teams are putting together their team right. Okay? Orlando, I've been singing their praises the whole offseason. They're too young to know that they shouldn't be winning, that they shouldn't be trying. 
Now they need to get rid of Jonathan Isaac. 26, making 17 million a year. He's seven feet tall, but he's Mo Bamba 2.0. And I think you know how I feel about Mo. He's seven feet. That's cool, but this is a team full of guys that are 6'9 to 6'10 and seven feet. All right. I don't think they need what he brings to the table. And honestly, another team would probably be happy to grab him. Let's get rid of Gary Harris. 13 million a year, 29, 64 guard. They got plenty of guards. Fultz, Cole Anthony, who they just extended. Anthony Black is a really good rookie. I'm loving what he's doing. The bigs could even have. I've seen the Wagner brothers and, and Paolo bring it up to court. So I don't think they're in need there. Let, let's move off of Gary Harris. And boom, just like that, Orlando, I saved you $30 million. You got that advice for free. You're welcome. One side note for this team, I am very impressed with their decision to keep Joe Ingles. Now, Mr. Jingles is not a young guy, okay? He's, he's on up there. He's long in the tooth, NBA-wise. But during timeouts and foul shots and dead balls, I saw all these guys going to talk to him. All these youngsters were over there listening to what he's saying, communicating. I'm like, dude, for a newish coach, which is what they have, I think it's important to have a veteran that has the ear of these young guys. If Joey Ingles has got it, keep that dude on the payroll. All right, we can Udonis Haslam the hell out of that. And this is a team that's got depth too. Jalen Suggs, Jet Howard, who they just drafted, I'm big on him. Caleb Houston's new, Okiki. And Admiral Schofield, Traveling Queen, these are two-way guys. I think they're going to be really interesting when it comes down to it this season. And the Pacers, other people are picking them. They're really just on my coattails with this one because I was first. They're another team that's too young to know that they shouldn't be vying for a playoff spot and winning the first round. All right? Need to move off Buddy Hield, right? The rumors were there all offseason that Buddy, oh, we're going to trade him, we're going to move on. He's, he's probably not happy to hear that. We've reached the earth, wind, and fire moment of this relationship. After the love is gone... It's time to trade Buddy Heal. Now, you can get multiple things. We can get some bigs to go with him because we're good at guarding forward. You can get rid of TJ McConnell as well. He's a 6'1", 30-year-old white dude. I remember when I was 31 at 6'1", you know, it wasn't pretty to watch me play ball. They're deep at the position. You got Bruce Brown from the Nuggets, which I think was an awesome offseason move. Good experience without having a huge ego. So he brings that to play alongside and behind Tyrese Halliburton, who I think is the real deal and poised to take a huge leap this season. Then they've got Nimhard, Neesmith, Matherin. I think Matherin can take it up another level, right? He needs to cheat code to get up one more level. Hopefully Rick, Rick Carlisle can do that. I don't know. He's kind of an old school guy. Let's see. I'm hoping now, inside, you got Miles Turner, and then they brought in Obi Toppin, Jalen Smith. They've got Isaiah Jackson. Cool. All these guys are fine. Keep Oscar Sheeway. They got him on a two-way. Keep him. He gives you the depth you need inside. He can run with these guys. You just need athletic bigs. The scoring is covered on this team. 
The scoring and the ball handling is covered. Let's get some big guys that can block shots, foul, and grab a rebound. Now, I got to say something about my man, Isaiah Wong, out of Miami. He drove me nuts the last few seasons against Duke because he is that good. He's that cool. He's that calm. He is always somebody's old-ass uncle that shows up at the park, and you're like, okay, he's like 20 years older than us, 30 years older than us. Fine, let him play. And he's out there balling on all of y'all. That's the vibe I get from Wong. He's like an old head out there. I think he would be a nice fit, but they are guard heavy. So I, I, I hope they keep him. They may not. So there you have it. This is, this is my, my confidence, confusion, and hope uh, roller coaster I went on when I was looking at the rosters yesterday. I don't know. I, I love seeing who they decide to keep, seeing who they decide to get rid of. I, I, think, I think it tells me a lot about the mentality of a team. Sometimes you look at it and you're like, ah, I think they just decided, well, we got to have 15, so ah, we'll get this guy. Fine. I like him. Season starts tonight. I am jazzed. I am ferociously moving forward recording this at the last minute because I got to get upstairs, get something to eat, and get on the couch. So tonight, two games only. But I think they're going to be smokers. The Suns are at the Warriors. The Suns are rolling. They're feeling themselves. Bill has got a back issue right now. I think he'll be fine. He's not used to actually running with good players because he was in Washington the last few years. But I think the Suns are still going to come out on top because the Warriors are still trying to figure their shit out. Like, you've got guys that are hurt. Draymond's not playing tonight. And then you've got... Jordan Poole left, but Kaminga's not stepping up and giving you what you need to fill that void. I think the Warriors are still trying to figure out the working parts. Like, they've got some new parts they're trying to put in this old motor. For that reason, I think the Suns actually run away with this one. It's the Suns by 15. But the Dubs are always a fun watch, so check them out. The Lakers at the Nuggets. I think the Lakers are going to surprise the Nuggets. They're going to spoil their ring night. Their second team is a lot better than I think what Denver's second team is going to be tonight. They're needing some guys to step up. Jeff Green is gone. As I said, Bruce Brown is gone from last season. They need, they need some, some of their backups to really play well. And I think Christian Wood could be a difference too. That size and the fact that he can body up on Joker and at least make it difficult. He's not going to stop him completely. Just make it difficult. Right, Lakers win by five. It's going to be close, but I think they take it in the end. Let's see here. Wednesday night, though. Tomorrow night, Mavs are at the Spurs. The Spurs are really bad. Like, they they are not a good basketball team. And you drafted Wimby, and, man, they're really marketing the hell out of him. But the Spurs are a bad team. And I think Wimby versus Lively could be a fun watch. Because Derek plays tall and kind of wild, and Wimby's a little delicate. But Kyrie and Luka are going to treat this game like shoot-around. Right? Nobody on the Spurs can check them. So I think that'll be fun. Sohan, who drives me nuts, but I get what he's doing, and I appreciate the effort on D. He's going to be exciting tonight. He's going to run at Luka and Kyrie, and he might just make it weird for them. Like I said, weird game tomorrow night. Mavs will probably win by 20, but it'll be interesting. Another one that I think will be fun tomorrow is Pelicans at the Grizz, right? 
Memphis is missing Ja, but then they're also missing Dylan Brooks and Steven Adams. One of them got traded. One of them is now hurt for the rest of the season. I think they're going to miss those guys more than you can imagine. Zion is going to be on a mission this year. I hope he paces himself in the first quarter of the season because he's going to come out there and try to rip the rim off. I think the Pelicans win 12, 13 points, but there's going to be a chemistry learning curve for those guys, right? Zion Ingram and CJ are going to have to figure out how to coexist, especially with some of the role players that came on last season and did well, like McDaniels and Liddell is back this year. He'll be he'll be playing for the first time in the NBA after having a, a season-ending injury at the end of the preseason. So Pelicans win, but this is going to be a watch-and-see team. Thursday night, got Sixers and the Bucks. The Bucks are going to run the Sixers out of the gym, right? The Sixers are completely disheveled. They're totally emo. This whole thing with Harden and even Embiid has got them lacking focus. They're not ready. And the Bucks are going to come in wanting to prove, hey, yeah, we are a contender. You do want to be thinking about us for a ring. I also think it's going to be fun to watch Maxie and Dame square off. That's going to be the nice and smooth song, old to the new and the new to the old, because Maxie's the future, Dame is not. The Sixers are also going to struggle to score. Bucks will win by 14. But I want to see how the Bucks do with their chemistry as well. No Drew Holiday, only one ball to go around out there. Giannis will be fine, but what about some of these other guys? Then the Suns and the Lakers, that's my marquee matchup of the week. Thursday night, I'm hoping Beal is back. This, I'm thinking, is my Western Conference Finals preview. The Suns are still working it out. They're still trying to get, you know, this will be their, what, their third game. I think they're still figuring out the chemistry and who does what. But the Lakers have better chemistry with lesser players. So it, I, th- I think the Lakers eat this one out by five, mainly because they know each other a little bit more. They've got good guard play, which the Suns may be lacking. So, but a fun game. Don't, don't read too much into it. Just sit back and enjoy this one. Friday, Heat at the Celtics. The Heat are going to get exposed this season. No Gabe, no Max Struess. Drew Holiday is going to be coming from Boston. And he's going to be coming for Derek White's job. He's going to be a starter. I think it's going to be probably a closer game, maybe early. But eventually, Jalen Brown, Porzingis, Bam can't do anything with all those guys. And Celtics probably got a little something to prove as well. Celtics by 10, mainly because they pull some of their starters as the, the game gets out of hand. Friday night also has the Knicks at the Hawks. State Farm will be rocking, you know. We know how to show them a good time here. But the Knicks are going to be too physical for the Hawks. DeJounte Murray, Trey Young, they're just too skinny. They're not big enough. And Jalen Brunson is that old-school New York guard. I like John Starks and when they had Charlie Ward up there, right, the football player. Hell, just run into people. Josh Hart's another one. He doesn't shy away from contact. Quentin Grimes even. Like, they, they've got an attitude up there that I don't think the Hawks guards are ready for. Sadiq Bay can handle it. 
Hell, he came down from Detroit. We all know how Detroit is. But the Hawks are going to be struggling, and the Knicks are smelling it right now. They smell that they're a better team. They'll win by 12. It'll be double digits, no doubt. Friday night, Thunder at the Cavs. Cavs are going to win this one by 15 at least, mainly because the Thunder is still trying to figure things out. Chet is like a baby doe out there. He's, his legs just flopping around. He's trying to do stuff. He's trying to give you that riz and yam on people. But the truth is he's still figuring out his body, right? This is really his rookie season. Now, the Thunder are going to expose the little guards that they have in Cleveland. Darius Garland and Donovan Mitchell are both like 6-1, okay? Giddy and Gilgis Alexander are going to have a field day with that, but they're not quite there. They're not quite jailed or good enough to exploit it this point in the season. And then Saturday, I've got Pacers at the Cavs. Going to feature a lot of Pacers games this year if I can. I think the Pacers are going to have the same problem against the Cavs that they're going to have against a lot of teams. Small guards and defensive liabilities. Halliburton and Bruce Brown are going to be too good, too big, and there's going to be too much talent out of the forwards in Indianapolis. So I think Indy by eight, and that might be a generous eight. Last game of the week, Heat at the T-Wolves. I think Anthony Edwards is probably the next really big star. I don't think Luka's ever going to be as big as Edwards will be. He's got a riz to him. He doesn't flop like that. And let's face it, I like watching people dunk on other people. And Anthony Edwards will dunk on you, right? I came up in the 90s watching watching Michael and Vince and Sean Kemp and all these dudes go up and throw it down on people. It was it was a lot of somewhat toxic masculinity, but a lot of aggression. And that's what I see from Anthony Edwards. Okay, that's my Anthony Edwards aside. Okay. He's too good for this Heat team that lost a lot of their good young defenders. Right? I think Caleb Martin will try. God forbid they let Kyle Lowry out there to try because Kyle Lowry is old. Right? I think Bam is going to struggle against Nas Reed because he's having to carry everything. I think Jaime Jaquez, if he's in that game, is going to make everybody question that Tyler Hero contract. And I think, unfortunately, Jimmy Buckets, I think we've seen the best we're going to see from him. He's going to start to become more of a leader and less of a contributor, if you get my drift. I'm not mad at that. They kept Udonis Haslam down there in Miami, but... This game is going to start exposing him because of some of the younger guys. Now, Minnesota wins by 12, but I think the bigger thing is going to be are some of these role players from Miami actually stepping up. All right, that does it for this week's show. Once again, I appreciate you checking us out. Definitely follow me on Instagram, at AverageWhiteFan. I'll be starting to do more and more out there on social media and some little snippets here and there. Next week, we're going to talk about G League Draft. We're going to talk about the first week of games where I was right, and that's going to be on most of this stuff. And then we'll also talk about the coaches. Who do I see coaching-wise that came out of the gate looking like they know their team? Thanks for joining me on the Average White Fan Podcast. Enjoy the basketball. Enjoy the basketball.